G'day and welcome to Is It Relevant Today? Right here on Faith FM. I'm Marius Jigau and on this show we're examining biblical concepts and ideas and asking ourselves the important question, is it relevant today? Or is it as outdated and ridiculous as overhead projectors? When I went to school, one of the first written assignments that stayed in my mind was when I was told to write one page on a particular topic. And I remember thinking, an entire page? How can someone write an entire page? But when I finished school and went to study science at Monash University, I found that they would give you one, two, or three 2,000 word assignments per subject per semester. And when I would get an assignment, I would say to myself, Okay, Marius, you need to get this out of the way as soon as possible. Why don't you start tomorrow and then get it all finished and you don't need to stress about it. But then a month would go by and I realized that, oh no, I haven't done anything. I haven't even started. And I'd say, okay, okay, I need to get on top of this. So I'd take out my laptop and I was about to start But then I realized that I was not fully informed on the olfactory capacity of a German shepherd and how that compares to the olfactory capacity of a Labrador. And, you know, one needs to know. So I did the research and, well, that day passed. And then two weeks to the date when the assignment was due, again, I'd start up my laptop and say, okay, I really need to start doing something. And then I remembered, I don't know what percentage of the world's fresh water is stored up in glaciers. It's 69% if you're wondering. And also, I don't know what plants are frozen under the Antarctic. And, well, again, you need to know, right? And I'd find these things out. But then another day passed. And the day before the assignment was due, I'd still realize I haven't written a word. So I'd go downstairs and I'd make breakfast. And after I finished breakfast, I'd realize that my cupboard is an absolute mess. Now, how can someone do an assignment with a cupboard in this condition? And I'd spend all my day cleaning the cupboard and it would get to 9 p.m. the night before the assignment was due. And I'd say, okay, I can no longer physically put this off any longer. I need to start. So I'd work all night and I'd have it handed in just before five the next day. I did this for all of my assignments, with the exception of one. I remember I started them all at 9 p.m. the day before they were due. Then I finished my science degree and went to Sydney University, where I did my honours, and I said to myself, Marius, you cannot do what you did in your undergrad, because the thesis is... 20,000 words, and you cannot write 20,000 words in 20 hours. You just can't do that. So, two days before, halfway through the year, I finished the introduction. Now, I have to confess that this was because the introduction was due halfway through the year. And then, six days before the thesis was due, I realized I hadn't written anything else. And I spent six days and nights writing my thesis. I averaged one and a half hours of sleep per night during that time, and I remember when I finished, I was literally a zombie. As I suppose by now you may be learning, I have a bit of an issue with procrastination. Now, some things, if you procrastinate, well, it's not really the end of the world, right? You can procrastinate your assignments, you can even procrastinate your thesis, or maybe that sermon you're preparing, and well, it won't be all that serious. However, there are other things in life that if we procrastinate can become a real issue. Today we're going to look at procrastination in light of a couple of stories in the Bible, and we'll begin with the story of Marcus Antonius. Who's he, you may ask? We'll find out. Just after this song. A sign shall be given, a virgin will conceive, a human baby bearing undiminished deity. The glory of the nations, a light for all to see, and hope. 
warm reality Is it relevant today? I'm Marius Jigao, and today we're looking at procrastination and what the Bible highlights concerning this habit. But first, we need to find out a little bit about Marcus Antonius. Marcus Antonius was a slave, but he had become a freedman. Not just him, but also his brother. And they both had really good connections. Like, I mean, really really good connections. And because of their connections, Marcus Antonius was made procurator of Judea. However, history tells us that Marcus Antonius was by no means a nice man. If you look at the writings of Tacitus and the writings of Josephus, we're told that Cruelty and licentiousness, coupled with accessibility to bribes, led to a great increase in crime in Judea under the reign of Marcus Antonius. Tacitus writes that he ruled with all manner of cruelties and excesses. This is the kind of man that Marcus Antonius was. In fact, when a Jewish man from Egypt claimed to be the Messiah and raised up a number of followers, Marcus sent the army and killed 400 of his followers. He regularly crucified zealots outside the city gates. He was not a good man. In fact, when the high priest Jonathan wrote to Rome complaining about some of the things he did, he hired hitmen who went into the temple 
and assassinated him, and they were never actually caught. He was not a kind person at all. Now, Paul had come to Jerusalem, and as he always did, he began preaching the way and began preaching Jesus. He began preaching a gospel of repentance, and as always, everyone received him with open arms. Oh no, wait a second, no they didn't. They tried to kill him. That's what they usually did. And that's what had happened on this occasion. They were about to tear him apart when the guards interposed and rescued him. And he was sent to Marcus Antonius Felix to be tried. I remember when I read this, it finally really stood out for me that he was sent there with 200 soldiers, 200 spearmen, two centurions and 70 horsemen. Think about that. 472 people were needed to escort Paul to Felix. And when he gets to Felix, the trial begins. And the Jews in leadership at the time were trying to get him executed. They tried to accomplish this by flattering Felix. Now he saw through their flattery. And when Paul began to speak, he realized that this man is innocent. Now we pick up the story in Acts chapter 24 verses 22 and 23. We're told when Felix heard these things, having a more accurate knowledge of the way, the Christians were actually referred to as the way at the time. He adjourned the proceedings and said, when Lysias the commander comes down, I will make a decision in your case. So he commanded the centurion to keep Paul and let him have liberty and told him not to forbid any of his friends to provide for or to visit him. Now, straight away here, we learn of what Felix thought about Paul. He gave him relative liberty, right? There was a centurion appointed to look after him, but essentially he had some liberty. I have a friend who was recently on trial for something, and before he went to court, he was told that he has to stay in the town where he was. He was not allowed to leave that town. He had to check into the police station every couple of weeks, but... He still had liberty during that time. I believe that this is kind of what Paul is experiencing here. But we can see that Felix doesn't really consider this man to be a threat, right? Otherwise, he wouldn't have given him any liberty. Now stay with us after this song and we'll find out what Paul says that makes Felix's knees tremble. Whoa! 
Is it relevant today? Right here on Faith FM. I'm Marius Jigao and today we're looking at procrastination. We've so far discovered a little bit about Marcus Antonius Felix. That he was a hard man that ruled with all manner of cruelties and excesses. He often crucified people and had no problem assassinating individuals or even large crowds of people. We also found out that Paul was brought to trial before him and that he doesn't consider Paul to really be that much of a threat. And even though he gave Paul some relative freedom, he was still under the supervision of a Roman centurion. In verse 24 of chapter 24, it says, When Felix came with his wife Drusilla, who was Jewish, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. Now as he reasoned about righteousness, self-control and the judgment to come, Felix was Afraid. Now I'm going to pause here for just a second. Paul had no fear of this man. In fact, Paul loved this man. He loved this man's life more than he loved his own life. Paul would have no doubt known what had happened to John the Baptist when he dared to speak against Herod. But despite all this, he spoke the truth to him. He spoke to him about righteousness. He spoke to him about self-control. He spoke to him about the judgment to come. Now, think about this. I imagine the conversation would have gone something like this. Felix, you realize that at the end of your life, you're going to have to give account to the God of the universe for your actions. You cannot continue living like this. No doubt Paul would have known a little bit about Felix and his cruel ways as he had been in power for over seven years, but he still told him the truth. Inspired writings tell us that Felix was convicted. And we can even see that in the passage. It says Felix was afraid. That shows he was convicted. Otherwise, why would he be afraid? Another person who had claimed to be the Messiah and raised up a number of followers, he had 400 of them killed. And here Paul comes, essentially doing the same thing, telling him that he is a follower of a Messiah and that he needs to adjust his behavior because of the judgment to come. And Felix's response was not to call the guard and have Paul drawn and quartered, right? But his response was to be afraid. He was convicted. He realized that what Paul is saying is the truth. Now let's have a look at how he responded. He answered, Go away for now. When I have a convenient time, I will call for you. Felix's response was to procrastinate. Why and what was he procrastinating? We'll find out just after this song. Surround me with your mercy 
Just when I feel my way is lost And need some light to see Just when I would have given up You go and mercy me Mercy me when I'm falling Mercy me, hear me calling Mercy me like raindrops falling Pour your grace out on me Mercy me when I'm hurting Mercy me so undeserving Mercy me when I'm dirty Wash me Welcome back to Is It Relevant Today? I'm Marius Jigao and today we're looking at procrastination. We've so far discovered a little bit about Felix. He was a hard man that ruled with all manner of cruelties and excesses. We've also found out that Paul was brought to trial before him and that Paul told Felix that his life choices would one day be judged and that he needs to repent and pursue a life of righteousness. Felix does not execute Paul as one may have expected him to, but he responds by being afraid. But then he tells Paul, go away for now, and that he will call him back when he has a convenient time. His response was to procrastinate. Now why? I have no doubt that the Holy Spirit was convicting him, telling him, Felix, you need to make this decision today. The enemy I'm sure was also speaking to him. 
using one of his most successful forms of deceit. You see, the enemy knows that when the Holy Spirit convicts someone, then they are convicted. And more often than not, he doesn't try to fight off this conviction. He usually deceives us by saying, You know, that's right. You're right, you do need to do something about this. And the Holy Spirit says, Today. And the enemy says, Well, maybe not today, but sometime soon. This is what Felix says. Sometime soon. We know that one of his intentions for keeping Paul was to also try to get some money out of him, but I'm sure that it didn't take him very long to realize that Paul didn't have any money. And he continues calling him. He continues listening to what he has to say. It's obvious that the Spirit is working in his heart, trying to hit this message home, and he knows that he needs to do something about it today. But the enemy says, ah, maybe not today, but sometime soon. And one day turns to two days, turns to one week, turns to two weeks, turns to one month, turns to two months, turns to one year, turns to two years. And Paul is still under guard. Felix continues being convicted but never ends up doing anything about it. And when he's finally called back to Rome, I have no doubt that the Spirit would have been convicting him. Let this man go. And he's like, ah, I'll just leave him here for the next person. The result of Felix's decision, inspired writings tells us that there was never again such a call to Felix after this. And history tells us that his life after this just spiraled further and further downhill. In fact, at one point, there's a dispute between some Jews and Syrians in Caesarea, and he uses this as a pretext to slay and plunder them for his own gain. Procrastination can be a really serious issue when it comes to procrastinating what the Holy Spirit tells us to do. We're told in Hebrews chapter 3 verse 15, today, If you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. The Spirit tells us, today you need to do this. And the enemy tells us, ah, maybe not today, but sometime soon. I want to have a look at the contrast between Felix and another Roman, which we'll explore just after this song. Of 
Welcome back to Is It Relevant Today, right here on Faith FM. I'm Marius Jigao, and today we're looking at procrastination. We've so far discovered a little bit about Felix, that he was a hard man that ruled with all manner of cruelties and excesses. We've also discovered that when Paul spoke to him about righteousness and judgment, his response was to be afraid, but then he procrastinated. He continued procrastinating for two years, and in the end did absolutely nothing about it. He lost hold of his biggest chance for eternal life because he chose to procrastinate. On the other hand, we have a story of another Roman Paul is interacting with. This story takes place in Acts chapter 16. Paul again is in trouble and is in jail. And God sends an earthquake And his chains are loosened, and the guard is about to kill himself, but Paul, in his characteristic fashion, is more interested in the life of the guard than in his own life, and says, whoa, 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 hang on a minute. Don't hurt yourself. We're still here. We pick it up in Acts chapter 16, verse 29. It says, Then he called for light and ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. Now here, the Holy Spirit is speaking to this man's heart. You need to make a decision right now, today. I have no doubt that the enemy is saying, Ah, maybe not today, but 
sometime soon. However, this man listens to the Holy Spirit. It continues, Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house, and he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. Imagine that he washed the coagulated blood off his back, and immediately he and his family were baptized. There's an interesting contrast here. One man says, I'll see you another time when it's more convenient, and the enemy makes sure that it's never convenient. And the other man says, Now, today, today is the day of salvation. Now, I have an issue with procrastination. And the problem with procrastination is those who have a tendency towards it. We procrastinate whenever we can until we realize that there's absolutely no more time we can put it off. And when that moment comes, well then... We do it, and with most things this works out fine. But with other things, especially things where there's no defined deadline, those things become a real problem. I wasted 20 years of my life because of this. God called me to ministry when I was 17. I still remember very clearly. But I said, maybe not today, but sometime soon. And in fact, the only reason I actually ended up turning back to God is that I reached the point where I was contemplating suicide and that was like the end. I could not put it off any longer. I want to ask you to think about something that you are procrastinating about right now and ask yourselves, what is the consequences if you don't do this thing altogether? Now, if you're procrastinating washing your car, well, it doesn't really matter all that much. You just end up driving around with a dirty car and people will think, oh, well, this guy is a slob or this guy has kids and the problem isn't all that serious. But you may be procrastinating paying your bills. That could lead to more serious consequences. Or you may be procrastinating sorting out one of those problems in your relationship that again can have even more serious consequences because there's not usually a deadline on things like this. One of the founders of the Adventist Church, Ellen White, writes, Beware of procrastination. Do not put off the work of forsaking your sins and seeking purity of heart through Jesus. Here is where thousands upon thousands have erred to their eternal loss. I just want to read that again. Here is where thousands upon thousands have erred to their eternal loss. She continues, I will not here dwell on the shortness and uncertainty of life. Right, she's not going to focus on how you may not be around tomorrow. She continues, there may be a terrible danger, a danger not sufficiently understood in delaying to yield to the pleading voice of God's Holy Spirit in choosing to live in sin for such this delay really is. This really hit home for me when I was reading this. When we're procrastinating what God is convicting us to do, we are choosing to live in sin. God sometimes says, I want you to bring your life in alignment with my will. I want you to remove this issue from your life. And we say, I know I need to do that, but maybe not today, but sometime soon. You see, because right now, this thing is more important to me than Jesus. We're told in Hebrews 3.15, Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts. You see, when we're ignoring God's call, when we're saying, ah, maybe not today, but sometime soon, what we're actually doing is we are hardening our hearts. I want to ask you to think of something that God has been asking you to do, that you are putting off. I don't know what this thing may be. It may be forgiving this person. It may be putting away this habit. It may be stopping to look at these things. Whatever it is that God is convicting you, that you have been putting off, 
I want to invite you to make a decision today to do something about it. And I can tell you very surely that the enemy will say to you, Ah, maybe not today, but sometime soon. But I want to invite you. The Bible tells us, Today is the day of salvation. Joshua says, Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Do not harden your hearts. Do not put it off any further. I invite you to make this decision today. We thank you for listening today and don't forget to visit our YouTube channel called Is It Relevant Today? where we have video presentations on many topics including the one we've just been talking about called Procrastination, Paul and Peril. What the Bible says about putting things off. We look forward to seeing you next week. I'm Marius Jigau. God bless and I hope you have a magnificent day.
find a way. Bring me back to you.
been listening to Is It Relevant Today? If you have any questions or comments, please leave them on our Facebook page, Is It Relevant Today? But for now, thanks for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next week. I love to tell the story, twill be my theme in glory, to tell the old, old story. Of Jesus and His love